हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर दर प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन दर डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो क्रिएटिविटी it is the essence of creating something new either a new idea concept or method innovation is using creative essence to enhance the performance of a process person team or organization both these elements are ingrained in the world of design and technology in fact the world of design and technology are facing changes like never before numerous driving forces to this change include rapid globalization increasing competition diversity among consumers and availability to new forms of technology and design and that's why in this episode we interact with a human centered innovator somitra bhat director of innovation consulting at salesforce he shares his journey and experience of being a designer and his passion for crafting an inspiring vision create company wide alignment and enabling creative collaboration on our journey for discovering designering we get into conversation with him on imagination to innovation hello somitra welcome to avantika designering series podcast show we welcome you to the show and we are really excited to talk to you today about innovation at workplace and at salesforce thanks rohit delighted to be here um i have a long association with uh, mit the especially the design school so yes i'm uh, looking forward to this session and sharing what i can on this on this topic super so to start with um, uh, somitra to break the ice uh, to make this new normal more acceptable uh, it will it will obviously require an extra effort and um, i wish to ask how has work from home been for you is there any new way of work that you have adopted so in new normal i think uh, it's been very interesting for me personally because you know being in innovation running a studio here for design and innovation you know we've we've kind of believed always that space is uh, is a team member right and we we are very attached to that studio space with the whiteboards etc so when we all had to work remotely and nobody could come into the studio again initially we were i would say a bit you know concerned about it in the sense of how it was going to work out whether we were going to be you know be able to continue with our engagements projects etc but i think now that we are 4 months into it we are pleasantly surprised because technology has caught up in uh, phenomenal ways we're able to collaborate remotely using any tools that simulate if not completely replace but simulate to a great extent you know uh, the kind of stuff that we were doing offline in the studio 
so it's been great um i think the biggest challenge has been you know, to find a place for ourselves in our houses and you know i'm in mumbai and my team is in mumbai as well most of them and uh uh houses are not that big here and also people with families you know you have to create that space and environment for yourself i think that was a challenge initially for me as well i have a 6 year old daughter um and having her full time in the house running around was it is i mean that's expected how do i shield myself a little bit or create a space for myself with that so um first two months i think uh, we got a hang of that and now i think we are almost looking at probably going remote for sure till the end of uh, december as uh, salesforce as a whole and my team per se i'm kind of dreaming of a full remote uh, way of working where we only meet for socials and uh, otherwise we are you could be anywhere yeah i'm 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 sure uh, that's a situation and 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 that's the new normal that each one of us are going through i i face uh, similar kind of an experience uh the other thing that interests uh, me before we get into you know uh, your journey and and uh, and and the entire uh, distance that you've covered now the the question is how do you juggle your life work and keep up with what's happening in the industry so so how do you divide your time between all of these things great question when i talk about my work i actually think that a large part of what i do or where i create value is actually by participating in what people call life industry and the work because often you know i i keep telling this to people that the kind of work that i do or the that we all do in fact as innovators or designers are we are constantly situated at the intersection of these multiple worlds right and the basic problem is that people have uh, uh separated these so they think of work as separate from life and that life needs uh, should not or do not you know influence what you need at work and i think all that is changing and this is a great moment of realization with this lockdown and work from home that indeed you know life what happens in life is not separate from what happens at work and uh the requirements from one can feed into the other and they need to kind of work together so i think in my case that's always been the view in the sense that i need to participate in life in industry i need to understand what's going around and a great way for me to do that is uh to just observe i think that i spent a lot of i spend a lot of my time doing that in figuring out where uh what's happening right in the sense okay we have this new change in terms of covid where the whole context has changed what are people finding important today in this new context than what they were before and uh, if if that's changed if some things like probably safety and you know obviously those obvious things if that's become top of mind important then what are people doing what are new ways and new signals that we can see around us of people trying to uh, get more of that for themselves and uh, there's this whole you know you could go deeper into social distancing and as a behavior and then look at particular industries of how 
social distancing plays out in those industries. And it's very surprising. I mean, what's happening in banking with social distancing is very different and interesting from what's happening in retail, which we all are more familiar with probably as as consumers ourselves. So that's that's essentially how I look at it. And then once you, and of course, you know, there's there's no limit to how much you can learn about a particular industry. I think what's important is the perspective that you bring and the intention. And I think I'm I'm talking more about the intention in which it's more about understanding how life, industry, work, etc., all these spheres that we divide ourselves into, how they work together, actually. And uh, if you take a human-centered lens, how can you spot new signals and behaviors and make sense of them and then apply them to something that you create for the future? Absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, moving from this juggling that you uh, do to let's talk about your journey from uh, being a student at IIT Guwahati to Salesforce today. Uh, so you from uh, move, you you move from the world of technology to user interface, being an entrepreneur in uh, in, in in middle for some time to innovation consulting today. In fact, you are also a aspiring estate planner. So tell us more about all of this. How how do you connect the dots looking behind? When I was in school, I think this is before, you know, IIT and everything. My, I had no idea about design or anything like that. I think my sister was more creative and she was, you know, starting to be a commercial artist and so forth. And I, when I look at her, even today and the kind of skill that she has in terms of uh, art and visualization, I think I'm nowhere close. And at that point also, it was more so because I was like, if I'm, you know, I don't think this can be a career for me. At least that was my understanding of of uh, design or creative. And I was uh, essentially working my way towards becoming a mechanical engineer. And... Uh, but I was said that I wanted to do what I wanted to study in IIT because uh, somehow that environment really pulled me into it. And I was not very, if I did not do that, then my backup plan was to do some English literature in St. Xavier's Mumbai. And uh, somehow it worked out. I mean, uh, you know, there's this whole exam and then there's a, a counseling session where you pick your depending on your rank you get to pick institutes and courses so there's like a, almost like a, a queue over there and then i had an interesting option my, my rank was you know somewhere in the bottom middle and uh, um, there were mechanical somewhere etc and what when i went for the counseling in iit bombay actually i still remember i'd gone in with the intention I told back home to my parents that, hey, you guys don't need to come with me. I know what I'm going to do, which is this mechanical engineering. So don't worry. This like a, I just have to fill in my name, etc. And when I actually go there, I spent some time with some professors. And there was this very old gentleman from IIT Guwahati, who was the head of the design department, uh, Professor Natkarni, at that time. So uh, I spoke with him a little bit and I said, okay, tell me what this this design about. And uh, he was like, um, well, it's a course where you imagine and you, you know, you use uh, various uh, methods to visualize and you actually create some products and things like that. I had like, a, this was like, a two, I had two minutes with him, right? So this was what I heard. 
And then I went to a professor of uh, chemistry after that, because one of the options in front of me was MSc, MSc in chemistry. And the gentleman told me that, you know, you know, Samatra, MSc is not the end of the road in chemistry. Unless you do a PhD, I think, you know, you'll, you'll not get any value out of uh, real chemistry. And after listening to that, I did a self-check with myself saying, am I really that motivated with chemistry? Like, what is happening here? And I took a decision on the fly that I was going to go to Guwahati, IIT Guwahati, all the way away from uh, Mumbai and study something that nobody in my family ever understood. And I think they still struggle to understand today. And that I certainly didn't have any idea about, which was design. So that was my starting point with design, really. I went all the way to the other end of the country to study it in an institute which had a very new program, unlike any others at that time. And like you said, it's, it's, it's a program that's situated in the middle of engineering and technology, one of the best uh, universities in the country for that. And that experience was amazing in the sense that everything that people, it was, it was four years that I spent without any uh, uh, baggage from what design should be or, you know, what design education is about, what are the topics that need to be covered, etc. And I just remember the four years as a very creative phase with, with you know, great friendships across these multiple disciplines and just a sense that, hey, this is a creative pursuit, we can do whatever and it doesn't have to conform to any kind of definition. And it worked both ways in the sense that after four years, I didn't know whether I should call myself a designer. And that's uh, that's obvious with many of my batchmates today who are you know excellent investment bankers and all these uh, other uh, professionals in other disciplines. But really what connects us, all of us even today, is this identity of you know being the creative people who can take initiative and uh, get things together get people together get resources together and make something out of it and i think that's a great definition and identity that that we were able to create for ourselves over the four years i was even then at that point you know passionate about design in the sense of uh, it's more com- uh, conventional kind of uh, definition of uh, making some products or something. So that's why I went into a career in UX and UI design, started with enterprise software, then worked for uh, UX consulting, learned a lot there in terms of how at that point, you know, this is 2005. So this is when the internet was uh restarted or rebooted in terms of what people and companies could do on the internet in terms of commerce etc so e-commerce search all these kinds of things were just starting then and uh, so that was a great time to be a ux consultant because you i got to work on many projects of multiple sizes across the world to understand how people and businesses were really thinking about the power of the internet and trying to fit it into their mindset or you know their beliefs of uh, of business so i did that for a while learned a lot and but after that about two years i actually got bored of the computer screen because uh, i thought the world was uh, you know life was more than the computer screen and i didn't want to i didn't see myself uh, being someone who 
spend most of their time on the computer screen as the primary medium for my expression. So with that, then I decided to, you know, expand my horizons a little bit. And I did a, you know, master's program in uh, interaction design, which was uh, with a focus not on uh, the screen, but really looking at interactions as interactions with environment. So I, I learned a lot there as well in terms of, you know, how products, uh, how you can design products for particular interactions, how services get designed, what experience is about. And it was a very philosophical place uh, called Delft where I did that. So again, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I learned a lot over there. Hey, do you know Salesforce offers an education reimbursement program that reimburses employees' tuition fees and books up to $5,000 per year. By the end of it, uh, I, I really wanted to go back and do something on my own in the sense I had a sense of what kind of problems I wanted to work on. After that, I was still, you know, reasonably young almost very young i think and uh, so i came back to india and i started user enough now user enough was a service design now i know what to call it but at that point of time i just called it a strategic design consulting company so i was very clear that i did, i wanted to be a consulting company i wanted it to be about strategy and not just execution and i wanted to have that whole uh, systems view of things rather than just a particular screen or like the e-commerce strategy or something like that. So that was the genesis of UserNov uh, in 2007. And with UserNov, I had a chance again to learn a lot. And uh, not just in terms of the practice of design, I had some great customers across healthcare, retail, travel, and I was surprised to meet that most of these uh, these clients who are now even better friends came from non-design backgrounds, but they really understood the value of experience, of service, and uh, just how open they were to new ideas around how we should think about creating this value for their customers. So I think that was... Uh, that was very, you know, it was luck, you can say, for me to have that... Even as I'm sure many of you have, uh, I don't know how much you're aware of, but at that point, you know, at 10 years before, more than 10 years before now, uh, selling strategy and design together was very difficult because there was no market for it in the sense that, you know, it was, uh, you had to educate people a lot. So as a small startup uh, consulting company trying to make a dent I would consider myself lucky to have exclusively worked on uh, such projects even in that time and which has contributed a lot to what I do today. Um, so uh, then, uh, yeah, so, and of course, because it was running your, my own company. So I think there was a whole different set of learning around entrepreneurship and how do you run a services business and if you're looking at them, I think, you know, I keep reflecting back on what is this entrepreneurial learning that I got out of that whole experience. 
And I think the first thing that I would say now is that, you know, you may think anything about yourself if you are the entrepreneur and the business that everything is good and I'm, you know, I have so many problems and that's why I'm not able to deliver, etc. But your customers, they don't really care. And if you expect them to think from your perspective, your expectation may not be fulfilled all the time because obviously, I mean, we have empathy, but not everybody Mm, has empathy and also you know it's 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 not warranted every time as well so i think that was my biggest learning in the sense when we say entrepreneurial or when i think of entrepreneurial or hiring entrepreneurial people i don't just mean people who take initiative i mean people who take initiative in the face of getting no almost no recognition or success or even understanding from the people that they are you know trying to create something to benefit and that for me is it was my biggest learning in terms of how do you still continue to plow through through that environment and still succeed or still produce good work if you're able to do that i think that's a great sign of of being entrepreneurial and then after uh, user enough um I was at that time, I was uh, visiting faculty at many design schools, including MIT in Pune, where uh, I was, we, me and my wife, Caroline, we were together, uh, you know, taking courses on interaction design, with product design, retail design, etc. And we shaped a little bit of the master's program there on uh, interaction design. And it, and that kind of, so I was always interested in education. It was a great way for me to learn as well in terms of clarifying my own ideas. And then um, finally in Mumbai, there was a chance for me to lead a education program for a new design school that was just coming up at that point, ISDI Parsons, ISD Parsons. And uh, I joined there. I worked there for three years. I, you know, it was a, Again, a great experience building something from scratch in an institution with a big vision and great exposure. So I, st- I was director of a postgraduate program on design innovation, which was a first of its kind again. It, and it, it really gave me the platform to create something that connected with my experiences as a designer, which was multidisciplinary, uh, no fixed definition, always focused on delivering value and so forth. And how do you distill all of that learning and those tools and techniques into an 11-month program for uh, for people to be successful in their careers or in entrepreneurship. And along with that, a couple of other things in terms of my experience with working with startups and as an entrepreneur myself, I set up the uh, Microsoft Venture Accelerator in ISDI at that time, looking at helping startups with design. Uh, and... Uh, and of course, operating the whole program from a business perspective. So not just looking at the academics, but also the whole, uh, you know, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. The stuff that I already learned as an entrepreneur, it was applied again in ISDI. So that was uh, for three years, learned a lot there again about how to run. And it's not really about design, but how do you run a program in this sense? How do you conceptualize it? How do you market it? How do you operated and the whole gamut of experience around that um, and then I felt the need to kind of move back closer to technology because that was always 
I guess technology is my material. Like an artist's material is paint, mine is technology. I was always, I am still hands-on in programming. I developed some prototypes of here and there when I get some ideas. And uh, not that I'm very good at it, but I I need I need to be connected or stay connected to to this medium and really get my hands dirty from time to time. And that's when, uh, you know, uh, I found a place for myself and what I was thinking and doing in Salesforce as an innovation consultant with them, helping their customers, the big, biggest customers in, in India, that's what I look at, to uh, helping them innovate on their customer experience, customer value, and topics like that using crm which is which is the tool that salesforce uh, sells right or makes and it's a leader in that space and the the idea really is that there's a tool there's a best in class tool here how can we help our customers really unlock that value and create that those experiences that they've always dreamed of that they wanted to create for their customers what should they look like how would they work and that's 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 what i do with salesforce and really my job today after all this you know it's been a long history so sorry about that but it's kind of reached uh, the convergence of uh, at least in my mind it's reached its broad design and strategy together finally at the core saying that you know if you want to unlock uh, value for your organization today i i believe it more than any any other time before that design is is the way to do it because if you want to if you want to increase the value of your customer base today you can't do that without understanding your customers from their point of view and designing experiences that enhance that value so that's my job really to uh, to evangelize this point of view in salesforce outside salesforce everywhere well what was interesting about uh you know your entire journey was a candid con uh you know confession where you shared that you got bored of screen at one point in time and uh you know demonstrates that experimentative way uh to actually reaching where you've reached till uh till date uh one of the other terms that you mentioned uh you know was was this term called as innovation and i personally think it is one of the most abused uh terms uh you know in the modern business world and there's so many interpretations out there what is your perspective on what is innovation you may be right there and uh for me you know i like to make things very simple for me so that i can actually work with them it's like if you have a complex machinery to work with then you you're struggling with the machinery itself before you create anything with it so my definition or my working definition let's call it that for innovation is simple it's it's you know when you do something for somebody else they get some value out of it by using it or having it or whatever it is and after some time you know you are motivated and they are motivated to increase the value that, that they get out of it out of that same thing or doing that same thing where is that value increment going to come from how do you create that value increment for the people that you're trying to benefit with whatever you're doing that's the purpose of innovation there are many ways and means and people get 
you know, uh, I guess what people are talking about when they have multiple definitions for innovation or multiple descriptions, I think they're talking about the ways and means, which could be many, really. I mean, there, there's no there's no one way to do innovation or to innovate. So I'm sure when they are talking, they're talking about these multiple ways and they may be using some of them or, you know, uh, uh, more proficient in some of them. But the goal for me is, is or the purpose of why innovation it's 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 really that it's about you know if i'm eat, if if there's a service that's solving a need for me today and i'm getting some value out of it how does uh, how can that value be increased and uh, to and why why should why do we care about increasing value i think that's you know value is the center of relationships so if you if you want to have a relationship, and this is in, in pretty general, right? Even in terms of two people, if you think of relationships, what grows or what drives stronger relationships, it's a continuous exchange of value. And the increments really help you, uh, help both parties actually cement that relationship and build on that further. So, so in the end, I think everybody wants better relationships including people people with businesses businesses with businesses all these entities us with nature as well for example now we are looking at a multi-stakeholder uh, vision and uh, if you want better relationships you want continuous incremental value exchange and that increment is really where innovation can help there are multiple ways to do that including the way that we follow that i have probably myself and then everybody else including you whatever the students are learning etc so um you know it's it's no secret samitra that innovation is difficult for well-established companies in fact by and large uh, they are better executors than innovators and most succeed less through game-changing creativity uh, than by optimizing their existing business uh, the question that I have is that when innovation at such large companies is typically a challenge uh, due to their sizes, how companies keep, you know, keep keep up pace with it? How do they keep uh, still innovating and, and going forward with it? Excellent question again. You know, companies by design, the, once they get bigger, they get and they get they get bigger when they get more established. And the idea of being established is that you figure out what you make for whom are you making it and what is the best way to get it and the most efficient way for you to get what you made into the hands of the people you made it for and then close that loop, All right? That's the process that, you know, a company when it's formed is trying to explore for itself. And then once it's discovered the best or the most optimum way to do that, it then it's all about repeating that and then building on that, scaling that, etc. And that's when we say that a company is established because then you can look at the size and the history and the time it took for it to get there and its knowledge of that process and the market, etc. And that's what we say are established companies. And now with this, uh, the natural kind of... Uh, imbalance is going to be that it's going to be very hard for these companies to you know change their well-oiled machine to start doing something else right and that's where the struggle comes from and the the, the obstacles are many in terms of 
it's it's there's people already because once you've become big and you've scaled and replicated this optimum process so many times you've essentially expanded the number of uh, people who are vested in that process right not only i'm not talking about just investors i'm talking about employees also i'm talking about the management i'm talking about customers themselves to a great extent or the partners that you have maybe retailers or channels so you have this whole complex machinery with so many different people um, in place that was optimized for a specific way of doing business that worked and if you have to change that you can imagine the amount of uh, struggle you're going to face there in terms of just dealing with people and change right and uh, and that's that's really where i think uh, the inertia comes in from for most of these organizations where is the solution so it's always going to be difficult there's no way around it i think if if the idea is that innovation is going to be simple for large organizations at some point i think that point is is pretty far away it's going to be challenging because that's the nature of large organizations you can't change that what you can do is you can speed up you can reorganize uh, things and mindsets within the organization to shorten that time and increase uh, the traction and that's where i think a lot of organizations today are using you know different ways of working different technology and when i say different ways of working you know agile and the scrum and all these different ways of working together collaborative work are becoming more and more uh, you know important and widespread in not just software organizations so you can see agile talk about agility agility and agile ways of working in almost any industry today and that's because if you have people working together you automatically create the environment for dialogue discussions and that change management and mindsets uh mindset fusion etc all the ingredients and the the space you create that space for that to happen and that's what really catalyzes from a process or a, you know the way of working perspective so agile is one and obviously having technology the right technology helps as well and one of the reasons why companies today are faster at innovating than they were maybe 10 years back or 15 years back is because of a new way in which they are architected from a technology standpoint where a lot of their systems are now in the cloud uh everything is probably driven by apis uh which is actually systems talking to each other uh online or connected systems talking to each other and uh this was and to change anything all you have to do is change one part and make it talk to the other and you don't have to do it on premise where you have to actually turn on some switches and install some software you can just do it on the cloud and not have to deal with all of that so what it does is it makes technology more agile or companies more agile technologically as well to think of something and implement it in a very short time frame as compared to what it would have taken 15 years back to do that and to experiment a lot more because now technology is they can start looking at technology as material like i do and uh, to shape and form and iterate through based on uh, reactions from the market and they can do that faster and learn faster as well and i think that's the 
that's 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 really what I see is happening. And also in terms of being organized, you can see many large companies today. And COVID is a great example. I think some very, very large companies today have been incredibly fast and uh, intentional in bringing out or reopening themselves, their operations, their shop, their stores, their, you know, their channels and services to customers within a very short time. If if we had a COVID-like scenario 15 years back, I think it would have we would have still been all shut down. Right? Today we are in within two months, you have car companies selling cars online, uh, real estate companies selling houses with uh, with virtual tours, etc. All that within two months. So imagine I think it's 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 not they're not as slow as we thought they were or we think they are in innovating i think that is increasing and it's mainly because of these couple of factors agile technology changing mindsets and also an ability to sense where the market is i think the conversations with customers are increasing companies are able to listen a lot more and better at what's happening in the demand side and then take decisions that are uh, aligned with that Did you know Salesforce was named as world's most innovative company by Forbes four times in a row from 2011 to 2014? Absolutely. In fact, um, you know, that's that's quite well put because innovation is complex. It's a company-wide endeavor and it requires cross-cutting practices um, and processes to structure or organize and, um, you know, encourage it. So so while you spoke about um, innovation and, and usage, you also uh, spoke about technology. Uh, one of my... Um, uh, question says, what are some of the significant upcoming trends in user interface? Because we now see the action moving beyond uh, screens, which is websites and apps to TV messaging apps, voice interactions, uh, interactive experiences anywhere in, in, in terms of location. So what do you think are some of the significant trends? I can speak a little about what is giving rise to these trends instead of starting from the specific trends i think one principle that you know has always been true is that <clears throat> we look at technology or technology is meaningful because it reduces effort wherever you see effort between a user and a system of any kind i think that's an opportunity where Somebody must be doing something to reduce that effort. And if you look at this as a principle, then you can see many examples of this so in terms of you know the whole rise of voice, where uh, 15 years before, uh, or maybe let's go like historic times, typing was uh, easier than writing. And uh, at some point, even write, uh, typing became very effortful. So what's next after typing and then you had swiping and then even swiping became effortful on the smartphone etc 
and then what's uh, what's easier than swiping? It's actually just talking, right? And there could be something that comes up later because talking becomes more effortful. So I think that's that that's the real genesis of the trends that it's about making everything, all aspects, every aspect of our lives uh, easier, effortless. Um, and so today we are at Voice. We are, you know, think about effort in terms of visiting places and things like that so you have interfaces that are catering to that i just spoke about vr uh and uh, these virtual tours etc that you know experiences that people are able to have at home and you have automotive companies you have real estate companies you have holiday companies hotels using that to give people the experience at their homes without having them to leave home and come to a dealership and that's the effort bit because you know what was not so effortful what was considered not for not so effortful 10 years back in terms of hey you know just visit a dealership it's it's right next to my house today that seems effortful as well even if it's like 500 meters from my house right nobody wants to go there so they are bringing companies are bringing that to our homes through these new interactions and interfaces so that's the vr part i think there's a lot over there think about iot and you know, a lot of the interface today is invisible interface. There is no interaction required from the user. Devices are talking to each other. Think of a simple interaction like your washing machine breaks down and you have to find the service number and just call that number or go to that website and raise a ticket for that washing machine. Compared to 10 years back when you had to do so much to get your washing machine fixed and serviced, this is super super simple, super easy. Or you would think that. But today, people are not willing to do that as well. What people expect is that when the washing machine breaks down, it calls up the service center by itself. Why do I need to do anything? Right? And go through that whole process of going online, filling a form, da da da, etc. Nobody wants to do that. So, again, effort, removing effort is driving that, that trend where you know devices can self-diagnose contact and you can see that technology coming into cars already i mean it's already here in india you can experience that in cars in some uh, domestic appliances you can see that in elevators and buildings for example where uh, they self-diagnose themselves and so you're never out of her elevator so so that's so iot and connected devices another trend around that there's this whole thing about augmented reality which is first there was a lot of effort in going out and finding information and looking through books that was simplified by google by giving everything to you in a computer in a single screen on your laptop now people are wondering why do we need to put in the effort to keep staring at a screen and take out the phone from our pocket every time we need something why don't i have it on demand just in front of my eyes whenever i need it and that's really the you know uh, the Google Glass family of or the Geo Glass now I should say family of uh, technology, which is uh, removing that effort in terms of getting information con- in context in front of your eyes without you know with almost no effort, or removing the effort that existed in terms of even getting your mobile phone out of your pocket to uh, to look at the screen. So I'm sure there are a lot. So I don't, I, and that's my point. That there, 
at end today because technology there are so many different kinds of technologies and it's become so easy to kind of start experimenting with these technologies there may be millions of trends or millions of things that people are trying but the whole intention is is centered around removing effort so samitra in the digital age the pace of change has gone into hyper speed uh, and obviously companies must uh, get these strategic creative executional and organizational factors right to innovate successfully um you know we were just offline talking about uh, 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 about how uh, you guys are working in the studio and a layer of how how you think um uh, is is action towards uh, some of these trends uh, could you share with us more on that you're right in in uh, noticing that speed has become essential and also i think coupled with speed i think why speed is essential is also because uh, the world has become more dynamic the context has become more dynamic and that's why speed has become so essential in responding to that to those dynamics and what i mean is uh, as information is able to travel faster because everybody is connected you know movements and behaviors are able to travel faster than ever before so something that's happening in china today as a behavior in some small pocket it doesn't take long for it to you know come to india and start igniting some movement in a village in india and you can you can think about how that happens through tiktok for example and uh, if that's happening and that's the speed of change in which at which uh, the there's social change happening at that speed uh, you know it all, only makes sense that companies need to develop that muscle of speed to be able to respond to that change in society and uh, you see that very uh, i think retail is a great example where you know you have hyper growth uh, apps such as tiktok for example where uh, and it's not just about that particular app but that format and the whole whole idea behind it that's so uh, that's so viral that uh, you have so, so much engagement across the world in such a short amount of time and how that is really shaping consumer behavior in terms of how they discover um, information brands uh how they create desire on these platforms or how desire gets created on these platforms etc and how on the other side you have companies who are now seriously looking at how they can engage with that audience on these platforms right something that uh and contrast this with 20 years back or 15 years back when the only platform was the internet and for engaging on the internet companies only had to worry about like having a web page right and move down a decade and you have uh, a new challenge of companies having to engage on uh, facebook the social media but now there is like these whole other different platforms and the previous ones have not gone away so if you look at uh, um the challenge in front of companies to now engage with their customers i think it's just the the context is shifting and it's it's so dynamic that company has to have to stay on top of what is the next thing that's going to come that i need to be prepared for and know about and be ready to engage my customers on so 
that speed is very important and that's something that we talk a lot about with our customers as well because it's really top of mind and often you know uh, where we add value as innovators or designers is also to help companies understand where are their audiences today right how are they engaged where are they how are they engaging on uh, on those channels and how can companies in turn use that insight to to create and capture more value for themselves so um so i think yes so change and so change is happening it's it's accelerating and which is why the response from companies needs to accelerate as well and this change is really coming from today from the outside in because the outside world is environment is changing and that's 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 great news for for anybody in the design innovation you know outside in people who have an outside focus more than an internal focus because their job today is more relevant and more in demand than ever for companies to really leverage to uh, to sense early to predict in some cases and continue to stay on top of this change by uh, by speeding up their response great and uh, moving towards you know while you spoke so much about technology um, you know certain trends and things that we should uh, look forward to at avantika university we operate on this philosophy of designering uh, where we see the world of design and engineering blending the question that i have is how has the collaboration of these two um, you know helped to create a, di- a a different experience for the customers design has always been about you know it's like the sangam right it's it's that sangam is actually design and uh, if you think about it and that's what i said at the beginning i think what what, what i was meaning with with that was that uh, you know the, the, in our day to day jobs and work that is exactly what we do we bring people from different disciplines together and uh, get them to align on what's really requir- required to be done and then chart away and a execution plan to make that happen that's really the the role of design so when you say design engineering or design and engineering i think that's a great synthesis right there and i would add to that by saying that it there's also a huge synthesis happening already in terms of design and management design and business uh, strategy design and sustainability design and social sciences design and ethics all these different fields there's a synthesis not just limited to engineering and the key to understand there is today more than ever every product or everything that we use is an amalgamation of thoughts from these thoughts and ideas and concepts from these multiple disciplines so if you look at healthcare as a system today you can find ethical problems there you can find engineering problems there you can find business and strategy problems there you can find uh cultural problems there you can find legal problems there 
And really, all those issues have come together and created the healthcare system the way it is today. So if you as a designer have to improve on that system, it's essential that you be able to kind of understand these uh, disciplines to the extent that you are able to work with them and align with them and them themselves to uh, to what's really important in this case we center everything around you know who is this healthcare system serving and what are they looking for really in terms of the outcome so that becomes the anchor for the whole uh, collaboration and then the the designing part that you're talking about i would expand that to all these different facets that come together in creating that service that ultimately has to you know deliver that outcome so it's great that you know uh, designing is a focus area i think it's really relevant i think that's that is a big part of day to day you know work and our purpose as designers and keep expanding that with uh, with the other areas that that uh, that are anyway a part of the world that we are creating that's absolutely amazing insights into how do you see uh, the world's blending thank you so much somitra for doing this with us um we're glad that you joined us at avantika designing series and i'm sure uh, that our listeners will have a lot of take home uh, from from your insights it was my pleasure rohit uh, thank you for having me i hope that you know i could share something that that sticks with people and helps you think about how you want to create value and give back to the world from your profession and your work um uh, i always enjoy these interactions and i'm uh, i'm very accessible to anybody if if they have any questions uh after listening to this Hey there we hope you enjoyed our show do write to us on ads@avantika.edu.in we look forward to your opinions feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show do tune in our channel next week on wednesday for a new story on hub hopper or wherever you get your podcast from follow us on facebook instagram linkedin and twitter